Welcome to this week's episode of Grow or Die. My name is Alora Chestikoff, and I am from Firebird Summit. My partner in this podcast is Lawrence Henderson from Boss LLC. Every week we meet and discuss coaching topics relative to professional development, personal development, business, and entrepreneurship. Join us and see if there's anything else you'd like to add to the conversation. Hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Grow or Die. I am Laura Chestikoff from Firebird Summit. What's up, everybody? I'm Lauren Henderson from Boss LLC. It's always a pleasure, Laura, to be in a space with your face. Oh, and you too, <laughs> my friend. Okay, mm. so lots going on today. Actually, quite literally, just in the last hour, we have our first Black female Supreme Court justice yes, yes. confirmed. Um, and actually, remarkably, the topic I want to tackle today was very present. Was very present in a lot of uh, a lot of what we witnessed around this in the past few days. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk today about anger management. So at a macro level, we watched a whole lot of that during her confirmation hearings. Um, but you know, I think in a more practical way for most of us, it's like it's a very personal thing, right? Like, Either, either it's us, it's someone near us, or you know, somebody that we have to deal with. So I think you know, I was. Uh, it was funny. I was recently binging some old Grey's Anatomy episodes, and in her voiceover, she made a comment about how you know most of the rest of these seven deadly sins have sort of a limited scope, right? Like almost anything else, greed, less. But most of them, like you know, you might hurt yourself, and maybe couple other people near you in most cases, but that anger was kind of different because unchecked anger can have a much, much bigger impact. Um, and it was an interesting way of thinking about it uh, because I, I think that's to me where anger is the hardest to deal with, right? Is that a lot of times when, when we get angry, we feel very justified in being angry. And so to be to be told that, you know, we need to calm down or we need to tone it down or whatever actually just throws gas on that fire a lot of times. And so, you know, it's, it's, but it's always a very difficult conversation to have because the flip side is none of us want to be around someone who has like uncontrollable anger. Um, and so it's, it's a hard thing to, to tackle both for ourselves and for other people. So I wanted to toss out there just as, a, as an opening point, right? What's, when you, when you hear anger management, like what jumps out for you? The movie anger management jumps out at me. Um, and I think even in that movie and kind of, you know, Adam Sandler's character, what you just described happens throughout the first hour where in all these different scenarios and Jack Nicholas is, you know, trying to pull out these trigger moments but it was all along the way of, sir, calm down. And he's like, but I'm calm though. Sir, I said, calm down. Like, like the airplane, I'm thinking about the airplane scene in particular, before he gets dragged off and tased and whatever. And, and for a lot of us, it's the, the lack of awareness around what's happening to us. And so in just breaking down the word, like we're processing the feeling of anger but this idea that somehow, some way through osmosis, 
somewhere we learned how to manage and become aware and track all the stuff that happens when the when we're in the feeling of anger and and so i think to to believe we should all manage it is somewhere along the way to assume we've had training and and so i think and again anger management the movie but also the extreme the other ends of it the extremes of the outburst but the extremes of all of a sudden somebody jumps and they start sitting kind of uh feet crossed hominous meditation mode woo sign like, like and, th those are the extremes of it all right <laughs> well and and i think you know and and to that point right there i think we think of it in these extremes but i think you raised something really really important in what you just said right i don't think that anything about anger management is automatically about not being angry, not allowing yourself to be angry, but it is about having an awareness of how your anger is affecting your behavior and therefore what you're projecting to the people around you. And I think sometimes that's, that's what we see. Like if we see somebody who's angry or we're, we're trying to deal with someone who's angry. Like what we're really talking about is the behavior we're, we're seeing from them or you know, the treatment we're getting from them and having a reaction to that. Whereas, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily like, do you or do you not have a justifiable reason for being angry? That's, I think those are two separate things. And I think one of the hard things about working through anger management, again, either for yourself or with someone else, is that, you know, you have to, I think, sometimes make a distinction between your right to feel how you feel versus your awareness of sort of what excuse you're using that feeling to give you to how you treat other people. That's big. Um, and, and what's coming up for me is, is the, I was with a group of leaders yesterday, right? And again, it was funny how one of the leaders started off the, the session. Um, he was like, you know, I was like, why am I here? Why am I with you? And he was like, uh, you know, we none of us went to school in his leadership thing and we've been told uh we we got some we got some growing up to do or we got some you know some skills we need to learn to start dealing with people better and and i said oh okay like what what, what are some things you were told right and, and his thing was just what you said it was just like yeah we were told some stuff but it, I didn't agree with it because I didn't know it was present. And, and my thing, I always say the, the part of the moat and everybody, but, but people like to throw this, this, this zinger out there. Um, so we're already talking about anger management, then emotional intelligence comes out of nowhere. And of course you like, oh, self-awareness, but like I, we stayed a good, spent a good deal of time on self-management because it's like, okay, one thing to be aware. And I love how you describe it is, are you aware of what your presence and when you're in that state, what it's doing to a space? And what we landed on with this group of leaders is none of them ever noticed because they were trying to get a message out. Right. And because that they made the message more important than actually reading the entire room, which there's the air goes, they were bad at social awareness. <laughs> so so they started navigating in zigzags and they were like 
they were missing it all. <laughs> they were reading it all. Well, and I think the other thing about that is too, is that, you know, it's not, especially if we're in a heightened emotional state of any, of, in any direction, it can be really hard for us to be aware of what our energy level is doing to any given room, right? Like it's very, it can be super hard. Now, sometimes, again, with training or with practice, you can start to actually see how your emotional tone is influencing the people around you. But unless you make a really concerted effort to, to kind of be on the lookout for that, I don't think most of us really understand that without it being called out. And so this is where, you know, one of the things that I, always underestimated was, you know, having a video of a, con of a meeting. That's like some of the most horrifying lessons I ever got about my own, you know, the way I kind of handle a crowd, like that was super, super insightful, appalling and terrifying, but insightful. Um, but even, even if you're just dealing with, you know, a more casual setting, right. And you're, it, it sometimes it's really difficult to, to kind of get out of your own skin enough, which is where it's also kind of a trigger sometimes to have to take input from someone else, right? If you're already angry and you're feeling justified about being angry and you're not actually cognizant of the impact you're having, then you're kind of throwing gasoline. You can be really sort of throwing gasoline on the fire to try to point it out to someone that, you know, A, I, I don't, I'm not calling into question your right to be angry, okay? Not like at all, I'm not going there. But are you aware that right now what you're doing is getting a lot of other people pulled into your like just orbit of anger? And like, is that your intent? And that can be so hard to ask because when someone is in that state, it is very hard to have a rational. You, and, and again, this is where I believe, and again, you talk about the anger management, part of it is having the ability and, and I think, again, I always tell you this, this getting a handle on it, right? Managing the anger, managing the emotion, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I really think just you, you said there were some elements that you just talked about there. It's one, how do you get to the point where you, again, my message is important. I believe the words that are going to come out of my mouth are important. I believe my emotions are important however comma not at the sake for the sake of losing the space losing the the person across from me that i i need to get the message across to right and and i think that's the other piece of it is like hey i need to get this point to you and that, that group of leaders i was with it was just like no i need you to know you're doing the job wrong and 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 i and i told you before that you were doing the job wrong and now I feel like you you're 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 angering me even more with your in, in level of incompetence or whatever is processing and as a part of that emotion that they can't even pause and say, at the end of the day, what do you want to get across to them? I want you, I want you to do a better job. <laughs> but now, because you're in that heightened emotional state, you cause that other person to fight, flight, freeze, and, and now they're emotionally hijacked. And now you got two people and nobody's communicating well in the space. And I think that is from, for me. And as we work with leaders, it's just like, Hey, Hey, okay. Peace sign. Let's, let's, let's give ourselves permission to pause. And I think that's the part that's not present is okay. I need to pause. I need it in relationship. 
Uh, I remember we did some marriage maintenance a couple years ago, and they were like, hey, um, do you all evoke the option to take a timeout? Right. And I, and I think those are the things like from an adult perspective, it's like, hey, we need a tactical pause. Um, I need I need a minute and I'll come I'll come back to this. But because we think our message is so important, we need to get it out, regardless of the state we're in. We just blah, OK, goof, I feel better. But you don't know what you just transferred. Yeah. OK, so I have another question then. Uh-huh. What. What do you say to someone who says. I can't manage it. I just, it's it, my, te- it's my temper. It's always been that way. Can't do anything mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. I would say to that person, quit being lazy. Okay. So and, where do you start then? So, so quit being yeah. lazy. And then where, <laughs> where do you start? Okay. So you yeah. first step, first step, you've first got step. your yep. notorious hothead. You've yep. had, so, so, and I, I agree with you on that one, right? So yeah. I, used be, I used to be very, yeah. very notorious short fuse hothead and at some point like in my early 30s i started becoming really aware that it was beginning to cost me a lot and so i spent a lot of years working really hard and there was never one like specific moment but one of the challenges i have right now is that because i very deliberately forced myself through that process um and because i watched my dad go through a similar process as well um because he used to be super hothead as well um, I, I sometimes have maybe a little bit insufficient empathy for someone who says, it's just the way I am. I can't do anything about it because my major reaction is tough. Like seriously, no, I don't buy it. Um, but having said that, like, I also recognize that I sometimes hear that reaction from people and suck it up. Buttercup is not necessarily the, for sure. No. the response to give them that's going to actually sure. help move so so someone's you know someone you've got a hot head yep. you're dealing with they're 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 coming to you because they've been told this is an issue but mm-hmm. they from their perspective this is just who i am yep. i don't think it's a problem if other people have a problem with it then boo on them yep. whatever where do you start i start with uh okay if you want me to bring something tough to you Right. And, and say you gave me permission to give you feedback. How do you want me to do that? How do you want me to deliver hard stuff to you? Right. And again, this this is the mirroring moment. Right. And, and more times than not, people will start with they'll start to break down the golden rule. I want you to come to me respectful. I want I want you to come to me with an open mind. Um, I want you to come to me with. Um, you know, truthful, but um, make sure it's, you know, again, go back to respectful and, and all the rest of them. And I, be, and I begin to have, okay, you said respect several times. How do you define respect? And so begin to reverse engineer that. Okay. And then I open up. All right. The last time you encountered someone, did you engage how you want to be addressed? or however you wanted to get it out. And more times than not. So that whole, I, I, I live by the golden rule, bull crap. No, you don't. You, need, you don't even do to others how you want done to you. You do worse, right? Because you, you said you want respect, but you didn't give it. 
And so the mirroring, and, and again, in these states and in, in these situations when you're not emotionally hijacked, people's ears are open. Mm -hmm. They're able to see the opportunity that, oh, all right, so if I came to you wide open, cussing you out, fussing you out, how'd you feel? You're not going to talk to me like that. Why not? God, and, and that believe there, it's the painting the picture through story of what does this look like to come back at you? And more time than not, like I'm always surprised, Alora, how many people have not played it and turned that mirror on themselves of what if that was coming back at you? Yeah, I'm always surprised by that too. Because that's that's sort of a and 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 to be fair, like I could I could say that, you know, some of it's just a lot of coaching training, but I, I also don't think that most people who go into coaching training in the first place would be inclined to do that if they didn't already have some degree of that habit. Because mm -hmm. that's that's where I think that's where a lot of the the understanding or value in the idea of coaching comes from anyway, is needing mm -hmm. is recognizing the value of that that mirror. Yeah. That's often what a coach helps provide. So, okay. So what happens, what happens if someone is already in, how do you deal with someone who's already in an emotional state? Yeah, this is where, and I've already said the word pause, right? And, and this is where, and this comes with some, some understanding and knowing about why are we communicating in the first place? And I think, and, and again, and I, and I always over-exaggerate in this spot where I go, all right, who wakes up? and says, self, we are going to try our best to be disrespectful with every single person we come in counter. I was like, who, who, who's that person? You wake up every day, I'm going to disrespect everybody. Okay, no, nope, nobody does that. Okay, cool. Who wakes up and says, I'm going to yell, I'm going to be all in my fields with every single person. I okay, nobody. Okay, so when we are communicating with others, don't forget about why we started communicating in the first place. What's the message that we need them to get? And again, in these states where emotions aren't present, it's reminding yourself of why we started talking in the first place. Because at the end of the day, do you want people to continue being with you or do you want them to quit you? And I think the moment you begin to help people become aware about like, no, I'm not trying to ruin these relationships, then why are you talking to them like you are? So then one degree out. What happens gotcha. when you're dealing with someone who is angry about something impersonal or not, not, yeah. not close enough, right? It's not, it's not a personal relationship. It could be, you know, watching, watching the confirmation, Senate confirmation hearing. Oh, right? yeah. There was nothing about that that didn't send my blood. Uh -huh. So how, when you're dealing with someone who's angry at something that's not personal or not between yeah. you know, the people in the room, but they're projecting anger at everyone around them. Yeah. Then what? That on the other part of training people in the room to Q-tip it. Quit taking it personal and, and be, be available to challenge what you're getting back from that space, right? And really, and, and ask that well-timed, what are we mad about today? And there, there, there's a defusing mechanism to something like that. And, and, and one, of the, one of the things me and my wife do now, and uh, this gift was offered to us in our first year of marriage, um, was an early argument where I wanted to be, so we were both super passionate, 20 somethings and we were going and my wife made this 
poltergeist-like statement to me in this crazy voice that I haven't heard since then. She goes, this ain't going in good. And I go, uh, okay. <laughs> and, and, and 17, 16 years later, that's our thing to get us out of arguments. I'm like, is, that, is this one of the moments? She's like, what moment? This ain't going in good. And can't help but to laugh, right? And, and, and about anything, like, it's like, it doesn't matter what it is. The voice comes out, right? It's like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Like, that, like, that was the kind of voice it was. I was like, only thing missing was her head spinning. And so, but, but now, and like you said, and I love your example of it, like, identifying it has nothing to do with you. Like so much because so, so many times because me and you are in a relationship with each other and you're having and you're in that emotional state. Hey, how about we be in support of people that we see are emotionally hijacked? Don't get emotionally hijacked with them when you don't even understand what they're hijacked about. You have no information. They have all the data points. <laughs> so, so let's get curious. We're like, hey, Alora, come back. You're, you're so angry right now. What's happening? I, I, I was like, I, I just want to be a friend. I just want to know. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair yep. enough. So yep. what other what other tricks do you what other tricks oh, or or tips do you have for either someone who's trying to manage their own anger or someone who's trying to you know deal with someone who's emotionally yeah. hijacked? Yeah, I would tell you um the outside of you know humor to release tension, um know when again it's a I mean use use song, know when to hold them, know when to fold them that timeout, right? That timeout is like, you know what? I'm going to disengage, right? And then again, as a fighter, my tendency was, hmm, I'm a big dude too, and I'm not scared of you. So engage, it's probably gasoline on the fire. Like I, total gasoline, all right? No, don't. Um, and then particularly if it's, it's, feedback or in the workplace or even in relationship one of the greatest tools i learned was i versus you statements right and particularly if you're the person who feels offended right it's it's the the empathy of it all and again training people how to treat you and how to communicate with you the i statements i feel like the situation has me emotionally and i would like to disengage and let's come back to it because I feel like I'm not able to communicate well right now. And so the ownership of, hey, I need to protect me. You got your thing going on. I understand that. But I, I versus you statements, because you really sound blamey and judgy and all the rest of those. But understanding that coming up with good I statements is also about you being able to pause and slow down your language um, when you're communicating with others so you don't become a blamer. Um, and defender when you're in arguments, um, but then also help the situation by, we, we always, uh, most, we always, most generalization, most of us are fixers in, in, in portions of our life. So problem solvers, critical thinkers, all the rest of those things. So to a space that seems a bit crazy, offer in some possible solutions. Say, hey, um, how can I support you? Seems like you're upset about that. Is it this, right? Which can also trigger somebody in anger even more because like, I don't need you to fix it. And like, cool, what do you need from me? And, and just have that, what, have, if you don't have any question whatsoever, hey, how do you need me to support you right now? I don't know what's going on. 
you're not talking, you're not communicating well, but how can I support you? And so, so those get some little things. I, I know you got some out there. I know you you got some good things in your bag. Um, not as many. I, I'm feeling I don't have as many as I need at the moment. Um, but actually, so I think for me, what I have become more aware of for myself when I get angry is my own physical triggers and, and being a lot more aware of the kinds of things that will get my blood boiling really, really fast, right? One of the reasons I, I uh, actually am very careful about watching the news is because it makes me very angry. I will, I will read the news, but part of that is because it, it's sort of less multi-sensory and less likely to really, like I can't, I cannot watch Lindsey Graham or Ted Cruz speak ever. I can't hear their voice. Like that kind of multi-sensory input, like the entire time Donald Trump was president, I never once watched a single speech because I can't stay, like it's too, it's too much. And my brain shuts off out of anger. I could read what he had to say. Um, and I could deal with it that way without getting like completely emotionally hijacked. So I, I recognize that there are some things that I do to manage my own emotional kind of state. Um, I think the harder piece for me is trying to help someone else kind of start to identify like, you know, what, what are their, what are their triggers? What are they feeling in themselves in that moment? Because the truth is you, you only know what's going on inside your own body. You can't, you can't tell anybody else. Right. So I know what sort of things I recognize when I feel cause, you know, not in my stomach, when I start feeling like my palms get clammy, like they're very like specific physical tells I've noticed about myself. Um, and so I do more probably to try to preempt my uh, historical inclination for blowing my stack than um, necessarily on the back, right on the back end. I think I've, I've gotten much better about trying to keep myself from getting to that state so that I don't necessarily have to kind of try to pull myself back once I'm there. Um, and so that I think is, is where I ended up focusing more for myself. Mm -hmm. what, one of the greatest gifts in coaching that I was ever given was the opportunity to um, coach for a healthcare organization uh, for about a year as an emotional wellness coach. And one of the things that I learned there was uh, this concept and it's used a lot in counseling and therapy called, you know, the identification of thinking traps, right? And it's, you know, this description of when emotion is engaged in an extreme and kind of these challenge steps, if you will, to, to question what's actually happening within you. But one of the things that I began to notice as I practiced on myself um, in these, these emotional states, how I began to like see it and sense it in others. And you just described, and some of that is when, again, we, we, we all have, I don't know if anybody like public speaking training and, and communication training, the, the numbers of 90% of communication is nonverbal. It's like, we know that number, like we know it's a high number, but then we're like, okay, so what makes up that, that 90% of nonverbal communication? Well, one, it's the body, the body is doing something. And in particular, when you talk about emotion, feeling, and all the rest of that, it's your body, like you said, sweaty palms. Like I, I didn't know I had a nose flare. Um, until one of my soldiers like told me he was like sir uh something's happening with your face um <laughs> and, and I was like and and of course at, it was like the moment they told me something was happening with my face I felt it 
Like it was like I, but I know before that I never felt it, and I was, and it was like, yeah, you ever notice how we'd be like, hey, I'll just come back later. Like they all like I began to recall they had a favorite statement. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll just come back later because they said I had this look, like they were gonna get a whooping, and they're like they was they was my kids, and and they, it was my nose flare, and I was like, where did that come from? It was I used to mock. And my how did you? And how did you go so long without ever noticing it? nobody ever said anything and and so people used to react to me but everything like every moment that I could recall I'm like is that why they just conceded like in that conversation like in 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 mine we used to be I used to get angry when people used to disengage from arguments with me because I because again I was I was a I was a fighter and so I was like no don't no fight me and they were like no I'm good but now I know the physical communication that I was giving off was, was shutting people down. And so for, I think for a lot of people, just noticing that, okay, when you have the thought, when you feel it coming on you, what's your body doing to you, right? And, that, and in that emotional wellness coaching, I was learning in that thinking trap that there's a thought that precedes an urge. You said it earlier, that precedes a behavior exchange. And the behavior is the manifestation that you like took that bad boy all the way. Like you were like, all right, there she blows. Like it was like, like that's that's it. And for, for us, it's like, okay, where can we, can we stop it at the thought? And, and that's where we like, can we pause, challenge what's happening within us? And then it goes to what evidence do I have that you justifies where I want to go? with this emotion. And a lot of times when you think about it, you're like, nothing justifies the way that I want this to come out. No. Well, and I think, and I think actually what you're describing is really mm-hmm. helpful because it's a process, right? Like it you know, is. there, there isn't like anger just doesn't emerge out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a mushroom cloud of an atomic bomb, like it came from somewhere. Right. And to your point, it started off with a thought that led to an emotion that led to a behavior and like there is a chain of events that happens there and so I think part of what's been useful for me like I said I was I spent more time trying to figure out how to preempt like and how to derail that train before it got to the to the behavior point for myself um because I what I was clear on was that it was the behavior that was really getting me into trouble it's creating messes that I couldn't afford. It was getting in the way of things that I wanted. It was causing all kinds of problems. And so I didn't have, I didn't have a way to undo that behavior once it got there. Right. Like I had to, I had to figure out how to to stop the train before it got to that station. And so for me, there were, you know, different, and there are different, different techniques and you can do it in different, different ways and for different things. But I think that's still the important part of, of that recognition, right? Is that there is, it's a multi-step process and you can actually derail it probably at almost any step, depending on how much you understand about what's causing it and what you are hoping to get out of it. And I think that comes back to, you know, one of the most useful things I got in the habit of asking as a result of coaching training was, does this serve me? Does this get me what? I want? Does this get me what I need? Does this help me in any possible way? And when the answer is, nope, it's just going to make a mess that you're going to have to clean up later with interest that you don't want to have to pay. So shut your damn mouth. And as soon as, as soon as I started getting clearer and clearer and clearer that 
nope, that doesn't serve me. Then it was much easier for me to realize earlier in that process, yes, you know what? Listening to Donald Trump and Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley speak pisses me off faster than damn near anything else on the planet. It just makes me crazy. So you know what? I can't stop him from speaking. God knows if I could do that, I would have done that already. Can't do that. So what 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 does that leave me? Well, I want to know what they have to say in certain in certain limited doses, but actually listening to their voice and looking at their face has an adverse effect on me. That is simply not good for my health. It doesn't hurt them. Like if I thought I could like, you know, lose some toxicity at them that would make them go away, I might be tempted, but like, it's not going to hurt them. All it does is hurt me. All it does is hurt me. It, yeah. it hurts my blood pressure. It distracts me for the day. Like and that's the other reason. I don't read the news first thing in the morning. Like I can't, if I have to work during the day again, and it was just one of those things that, you know, that I had to kind of start getting a handle on. Like I, I always love the sort of nostalgic view of somebody, you know, reading the newspaper over breakfast. I can't do it. I can't do it because it will hose my entire day. Yeah. And if I have to focus and I have to be present for other things that are happening, I can't be on a mental tangent about something that I cannot influence directly. That's just occupying my brain. And so, you know, and that's like the extreme and personal direction, yeah. right? There's plenty of more personal stuff or family stuff or other things that, again, can completely derail you that you can't necessarily do much about. So how do I, how do you stop it? And again, that thought leads to emotion, leads to behavior is where like you have to sort of figure out for yourself what what the weakest link is there. Where can you break, where can you break that chain before it gets to that that last stop? And and really even if you get there, like how how does that serve you? How does it help? What is it going to get you that you know that's that's important enough for whatever price tag comes with it. Yeah. And and I I and what I appreciate about that is there comes an honest conversation that you have with yourself about level of service of the message, of the engagement, of the transaction, of emotional equity that you're about to invest <laughs> into this situation. And I and I and one of the things and you talk about it, it that could be family, that could be at work, that could be all these other things to say, hey, what level of care do, do I need to take before engaging with this person? And again, particularly I know with family, it though this is one of the hardest ones where I go, well, you know my heart, you know how I am. Well, stop abusing me. Like, like if I know your heart and you want me to still love you, um, please don't, please don't harm me. But there's also that thing too of again, you know what? I know based on some past history that I'm not ready to deal with yet. I'm not going to engage with you. And that's, I think the management part of it is, okay, before it gets to that moment, I'm going to control what I can control. And if encountered with a nuance or a one-off or an exception, I now go to, okay, what's not serving me here? How do I need to be so that I'm not losing myself in this situation. And I think for a lot of people, and that's the aftermath, right? Is the blow up happens and then you start beating yourself up. Like, God dang it, I knew it was gonna happen. I knew it was gonna happen. Okay, cool, grace, mercy for yourself. 
to say, okay, try it again next time, right? That awareness, self-management. Okay, how do I stop it next time, right? I got, and now people begin to notice. And I think for us, the gremlin exercise is another thing, right? As it pertains to these different things in coaching. And one of the biggest things that I loved about peer-to-peer coaching was one of my, my one of my peer buddies, Jason, him, him, the first time I ever, I heard anybody ask, help me understand how that's serving you. And it was, it was the most freeing question in coaching that I've, I've heard to date. Yeah. And I was like, that's an interesting way to ask that. And at the moment that I was talking through my values and I was talking through things that I wanted to have happen and I was getting angry, I was getting emotional. He said, hey, how's that serving you? And I was like, it's not. And I think the moment people actually pause long enough to truthfully answer the question, how is this serving me by having that reaction or not having the reaction, answer the question. And you, people begin to come up with the truth about things. And it's pulling that truth forward so that we could begin to manage the day-to-day emotions as we begin to work on ourselves. And then you start to notice, hey, I was, that didn't, I, that didn't last all day. That, that, that lasted an hour or two. Yeah. Okay, ooh, it got less this time. And, and, and but it takes intentionality. It takes the, the awareness of it. It takes the mindfulness of it. So that, but you have to, you have to wake up every day and give yourself permission to practice. That's what this is. It's life. You got to live it one day at a time. Oh, wow. I think that, I think that just said it all right there. So no, I think I agree. And I think that that's, that's probably the perfect place to wrap it up because you're right, right. When it comes down to it, it's all practice. And I think this is, that's probably where um, I might have to work on having a little more empathy when someone says, just my temper. It's always been that way. I can't do anything about it. Like, okay. Not if you don't practice, like it's just practice. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. That's so. it. Alrighty. In that case, then I guess I have some practicing to do. <laughs> I love it. All right, my friend, as always, it is lovely to get the chance to speak with you and I hope you have a wonderful week. Yes, ma'am. You as well. Talk to you soon. Alrighty. I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Right. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me and Lawrence in this week's episode of Grow or Die. Join us next week when we'll take on our next topic. In the meantime, have a fantastic week.